I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics of the late 90s and 2000s. I am one of your hosts, Emily Beijing. And I am your other host, Margot Poupard. So today we are going to be covering someone on this mini episode who is near and dear to our hearts, Miss Britney Spears. Um, specifically, we will be discussing the documentary that was just released two weeks ago, uh, The New York Times Presents, Framing Britney Spears. Obviously, when this was announced, I don't know about you, Margot. I received many text messages from people asking if we would be covering this on the podcast. Yeah, you know that's a hard agree there. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's a you know, it's just a reminder of how far we've come in in people knowing like our they have expectations for us at this point. Like if X Y Z comes out on this person, we're going to cover it, which which is heartwarming for such a sad subject. Oh yeah, well. Yes, about it being a sad subject, but I would say, yes, it's like we have a Google alert now with friends of being the go-to people of like, did you see Cinderella with Brandy's on streaming? Yeah. Or did you see there's this Britney docker? Did you see they're rebooting Powerpuff Girls? I'm like, okay, okay, yes, I see the same news. I don't know Maybe if we're covering it. <laughs> would you like to come to the meeting <laughs> and pitch? We'll have like a little But we are going to talk about framing meeting. Britney Spears because of course we're going to talk about framing Britney Spears. Because we had yes, an episode yes. about Britney super early on because she is a uh, 
topic that we love very nearly and dearly, not just like her music, but I think she was such a huge staple of MTV. You feel like you have known her for a long time. And I have to preface this all by saying, yes, we have a Britney Spears episode, but the ultimate, I think the ultimate glimpse into what Britney's life is like now is perfectly encapsulated in mystery shows, Britney episode, because I feel like Starly Klein did this first. The way that she was able, it was just such an interesting look. And I can't recommend that episode enough. The whole podcast show, I highly recommend. But I think the great podcast, Starly Klein's, yeah, Starly Klein's mystery show. It's like the second or third episode. She has friends that bring her like little mysteries that are close to their personal lives. And one of her friends wrote a book that didn't do super well, but it got a big bump when. Brittany was photographed leaving a restaurant in Malibu with it, and the friend wanted to know how she got this book. And it was, to tie it back to framing Britney Spears, around the time, like, early in her conservatorship. So Starly manages to track her down um, pre-Vegas residency. Or no, she tracks her down at the residency. Sorry. Yeah, and she goes to the residency. Yeah, because fees fees a part of I was going to say, she even has – what I found the most interesting for me about framing Britney Spears, because I think if you are a big Britney fan, then you you kind of know a lot of it. But what I think – I think the documentary does a lot of things really well, but also does some things kind of questionably. And to start off with the very well, I think recontextualizes all of Britney's life, especially now with 2021 eyes – and it gives you a very good, succinct timeline of uh, unfortunate events, unfortunately. Um, but one thing you'll always know is Fee was like super involved in the early part of her career and then suddenly dropped off. And the first indication I got was from this old episode where she gets like a soundbite with Fee. And I'm like, why is she doing like guest services stuff? And framing Britney Spears answers yeah. that question. Exactly. I was just about to say, like, she herself is just like, yeah, I just don't really know all of a sudden, you know, one day this was my job. And then the next day, here I was like, you know, in charge of these operations of of the Vegas residency or a tour, like, um, eventually kind of being reduced altogether like that, that for me was very interesting. And I think it just adds to the legitimacy of this documentary. While um, I think in terms of getting cl- people close to Brittany, they were able to get a lot of people from her early career. Um, I think later on in her career, the you know, people in her life in the last 10 years, not so much, but I think Fee is kind of the key component that really ties this well, because she was such a big part of the narrative from when Brittany was 15, 16 years old, moving to New York and her mom being like, I need someone to help take care of Brittany since she's underage, all the way down to, you know, when the conservatorship was happening. Um, so I, I think it was very good to get Fee um, to talk. And I appreciated her viewpoint because I don't think she has she hasn't agreed to be a part of a lot of things in the past. And that, to me, adds to the legitimacy of this documentary. Well, I want to go back to what you just said about legitimacy, because I think that this because it's The New York Times and it's for FX on Hulu, however you want to get at that, whether you have cable or you have (laughs) streaming. But I find that to be a mouthful. Um, But the legitimacy is the part that I kind of have a little bit of a problem with. They have a little bit of a credibility problem by including so many free Britney 
advocates. I'm not saying that they're misplaced or misguided, but for me, all of the legitimacy went out the window when they had the girls from Britney's Graham examine a legal document and give an analysis. I'm perfectly fine with, I loved the lawyers. Like I loved seeing Britney's lawyer that she tried to hire as the conservatorship was happening because I thought he gave us a really good insight. And he puts the whole thing extremely succinctly that I really wish some of these free Britney people would fucking swallow, which is we don't know what we don't know. Of course, you can go into her right. Instagram and are not surmise legal scholars. any fucking thing. Well, you can surmise any fucking yes. thing from a caption. Yes. You can read, and it gets very QAnon-y very, very fast. But uh, yes, they're two comedians exactly at the end I of the day. I was going to say. They're two fucking comedians at the end of the day. No fucking shade at all as like a comedy writer. Like, I, But I am also not fit to analyze a fucking legal document just because I was on fucking mock trial in high school. No. So having them do that, I thought Fee being a part of it was a mistake in that moment because she's lending credibility to some of these people that are not fucking credible. And that is my biggest problem yeah, with I would this agree documentary. With that. They give the free Britney people the well, legitimacy of like a fee or a lawyer or some or a ba- even a backup dancer who can attest to her drive and her where her mind was at, like go, leading into this conservatorship. Like they don't have any of that insight because they don't fucking know her. It's all projections. And that's where the doc really lost me. I feel like the the first because it's like a under an hour and a half like the first 45 minutes are very strong and very sad and you really feel yes. like all these fucking people yes. truly let her down her mom was totally out of her depth you know in terms of like she has other kids she also has a superstar like how is she supposed to be managing that with an alcoholic narcissistic husband that she can't get rid of and it just I, and then how the media scrutinized her especially because i'm not a fan of like a, a celebrity interview like the diane sawyer kind like i've never watched any of that footage no so seeing her be interviewed by matt lauer i was like this is disgusting and people just let this shit happen so disturbing the, yeah, what you we were saying, the first 45 minutes, really strong, paints the right picture, like gives us the information we need. I also think it offers a lot of information around James Spears, Jamie Spears, that we didn't always, I didn't certainly know. I knew a lot about Lynn Spears. I knew a lot about the rest of Britney Spears' family, but I actually really didn't know much about Jamie Spears because he was out of the picture for so long exactly. up until the conservatorship. Exactly. So knowing, for instance, now that he filed for bankruptcy, knowing that most of the time he was, you know, in between jobs and that kind of thing. Um, at, and like dealt with some mental issues and stuff like all of this to me adds a lot of context that I didn't have before. And so like you really enjoyed the first 45 minutes, not in a good way, but just in that I found it informative and they did a really good job piecing together the culture, um, examining the culture that, you know, helped contribute I was say the, to what the, the culture that she was, the culture that she was, uh, thrust into, but yes. also they had yes. that that jive executive who kind of painted the most clear picture, kind of like to what you were saying about Jamie, saying like he was just never around, and when he was around, he was talking about getting a boat, which is not necessarily maybe the first or even the fifteenth thing that you say to a record exec about your daughter. Right. And what's interesting is like usually when we've seen kind of parents who take over their um, child's careers, you know, of a Joe Jackson variety, if you will, it's from an early age. It's early on. They are there every step of the way, managing and micromanaging, being the momager or dadager or what have you. And that I think is probably the most interesting thing about Jamie Spears is that he takes this approach with the conservatorship and everything, but not until Brittany is almost 30 or maybe even 30. 
Uh, yeah, I I don't even maybe I don't want to speculate. That's the biggest problem with this documentary too is I don't want to speculate. Right. I I do find it interesting that you bring up Joe Jackson because there's so much of Britney's trajectory that reminds me of Janet and not just the Justin Timberlake thing, like the overbearing father that kind of you have a very contentious relationship your whole life with them. There's a big push push pull which again like i thought it some of the more interesting parts of this doc were like showing me things i hadn't seen before like her brother talking on that podcast i guess that was more recently but still talking about how her his their dad and britney have always had this sort of headbutting relationship because they're both very strong-willed but you could see the misogyny kind of like bubbling underneath the surface that must be is kind of shared male trait or whatever, but him being like, well, you know, she just needs to listen sometimes, which is sort of like the refrain that we get from Jamie as well. And I know that we had talked a little bit about, they showed some of the footage from this um, for the record doc. And we had talked a lot about it in the Britney episode that we had had early on. And I found it again, to be recontextualized, like in this timeline, I found it to be very enlightening because it is kind of like the last time she says she tells people in her own words how unhappy she is and you see her relationship with her father kind of playing out but you kind of assume maybe for better or worse because their family that's just how family communicates but it sounds like things have continued to take turns for the worse and i think mostly the best that any of us can ever hope comes out of all of this is that she gets her wish which is that he stops being in control of her conservatorship and she gets to make music and perform again because isn't that like sort of the ultimate goal like we don't know what she's asking for exactly but if she's asking for this one basic thing that she's never gotten from the beginning because that's the one request that she's made crystal clear that is again reiterated by this lawyer that i find to be sort of the most insightful person in this whole documentary um was that she just never wanted Jamie to be in charge of her. And now we're kind of understanding why. Yeah, I found that having him be a part of the documentary was super helpful. It added a lot of information that, um, and let's be honest, like having, he's a legal scholar. So it was very nice to have that. Um, I also found that the woman who had been on the side on, I believe on Jamie Spears's legal team, who like we see the after, uh, after she's been interviewed, it's like this woman was asked to join the team to, 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 yes. yes. I found her. Yeah. And then everything that they had that ruling. Yes. Yes. They had that ruling recently and she made a statement. I was like, I know what you look like now. <laughs> exactly. But I thought that those two having, you know, people close to the case, having people who um, and who were familiar with conservatorship. So not just close to the mm-hmm. case, but this woman had clearly said, like, I've been in, involved with several conservatorship cases in the past. And, you know, you almost never see these things play out this way or something like it was just very, very, very helpful. And I was also happy to see someone like Dave Holmes, for example, be interviewed because Dave was very prominent, as we all know, at MTV mm-hmm. being a VJ and all, and has continued to be a great pop culture writer and, um, and just overall personality, uh, who's great at providing context, providing great, um, commentary during interviews. To bring it back also to the conservatorship, once and for all, having someone explain it to me like a small child, that was another highlight, if you want to call it that, from the documentary, too. Not like I would ever have questions because I wouldn't even know what questions to start asking about a conservatorship, but it was very interesting to hear it all laid out. And to go back to, I believe his name is Adam, the lawyer that Brittany tried to get before 
her conservatorship was enacted, he had said that he was essentially dismissed by the judge because the judge had seen some sort of independent mental evaluation of Britney Spears that he wasn't going to share with anybody that just had irrevocable facts in it that led to that led to the ruling of the conservatorship happening. And he got kicked off the trial and replaced with a different lawyer who quit recently. So I think since she's had whoever her new lawyer is now, things have gained more movement. And it and I don't want to take away too, too much from the free Britney movement, because I do think that the outside pressure has helped bring attention to this case. And even just taking like this little half step most recently of her father lost whatever appeal he was having to co-manage the conservatorship with this bank, because the thing about her conservatorship is that it's not a conservatorship per se. It's also a business deal. And that's why the former money manager stepped down and I'm going to do a bad job. Mm -hmm repeating all of this because, again, I am not qualified, but there were some things that look shady on the surface, but it seems like all that she really wants is someone to manage her finances like a bank who is impartial to her. And I know that her mom has tried to get in there, too. I don't know where that's at, but I think the attention with the documentary has helped for the better in her case. So at least there is that glimmer of light. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's brought on a lot of interesting commentary, wonderful think pieces. And honestly, I was thinking about it a lot recently because in the last week, American Idol just aired like the season opener of auditions or whatever. And I certainly don't watch American Idol anymore. But one of the people who auditioned this year or this season is Claudia Conway, who many of you know is Kellyanne Conway's daughter. And um, if you followed that story at all, you know that she potentially has been abused by her mother, um, has dealt with all sorts of family issues, and is just like, things are not good in the Conway household. And seeing ABC kind of decide to exploit her agree to air her audition and then also paint her mother in this light of being the supportive mother and giving her this like redemption arc of a narrative, um, despite all of us knowing like what she's complicit in having helped. It, it reminded me, you know, I think people will see things like that now on TV where a 16 year old who clearly has a lot of issues back at home being uh, put on TV, uh, we are able to now I think see that light of what happens when you do those kinds of things. You put people in the, the um, limelight really early on and you object them to media scrutiny, you end up with these situations like with Britney Spears, where she was just treated so poorly. So I think it's been great to see those pieces come out, some interesting lenses and like people just looking back at interviews with kind of young starlets, if you will, like I believe someone's been posting, someone posted an interview with David Letterman. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And Lindsay Lohan from like 2012 and just how uncomfortable it is now watching this and realizing like, yeah, David Letterman, like, what are you doing in this scenario? It's just, I think it will be very helpful in the future in terms of what we, you know, allowed to happen for so many years and what I hope we will no longer allow to happen in the future with, you know, young celebrities. Well, I don't know how well that's going to go when I one of the first things I see after I watch. Well, actually, I have a couple of points I would like to make. The first being there's so many parts of this doc where they just show footage of her being harassed by paparazzi and hearing the wall of sound that is just camera clicking. It yes. is disgusting the way mm-hmm. the pop and the paparazzi that they do interview is just like a gross little schlubby man who wants us all to feel bad for him that he provoked her to attack his car with an umbrella. Like, I would have done much worse. And I know that everybody likes to make fun of Chris Cocker, like, screaming, leave Britney alone. But for so long, that's all that she wanted. And, of course, everybody remembers... When she shaved her head and it was shocking to see her with a shaved head. But as soon as I read the quote or the pull quote from the person who owned the salon saying that Brittany shaved her head and as she was doing it, she said, like, I just don't want anybody to be touching me anymore. I completely understood exactly where she was coming from. I'm not even a celebrity. But one time I was on Thursday Promenade and the way that the paparazzi jump up on you, it's so fucking aggressive. And obviously they weren't taking a picture of me. I just happened to be in the way because Misha Barton was coming out of a store. And the way that they it's like they're undercover agents in an 80s movie. They just come out of like a fucking trash can. They're like one's wearing a trench coat and then they all descend and they're so aggressive and they love to pretend that they're this nice person like, oh, make room, make room as they elbow people out of the fucking way it is absolutely bonkers like i understand to a certain degree you can expect paparazzi if you're trying to go to like les deux or whatever or you're going to the ivy or you want to be seen you can go to these places but if you're going to get gas or you're going to a business meeting you're not trying to be seen going to the doctor trying to hang out with a baby like you're not trying to go provoke a paparazzi and so the fact that she had so many fucking people just hounding her day in and day out. I mean, I was re-listening yeah. to the Blackout album, which is a perfect album and was released at the height of this crisis happening Great to her. Album. She, I mean, so many of her songs are all about basically like, leave me the fuck alone, please. I just want to be able to make music and be with my kids. And all you guys do is just push me into this corner and then call me a slut and ask me about my tits and whether or not I'm a virgin and all this other shit. And while you give Justin the biggest break or and any other male pop star for that matter at that time and even beyond, mm-hmm. I would say they never get half the shit. But somebody even brought up like, oh, yeah, when are we going to go revisit all of the ages shit that they did to Madonna when she was like 32? Like, pack it up, grandma, like all of these terrible things. I mean, it's essentially the same treatment and we do it to female pop stars all the time. Why the fuck? Would we want, why the fuck would they want to keep performing if this is the shit that they have to put up with? Like, I understand they get paid a lot of money, but at a certain point, 
how much are you expected to take to go to work? And I will just cap it off with, yeah, it's just a really good rule of thumb to just not talk about women's vaginas and or their mental fucking health. So just stop it. You brought up Justin Timberlake. I don't want to give him too much airtime, but you know, obviously we have to t- quickly talk about the fact that after this our documentary aired, coincidentally, a week later, it was the Super Bowl, which we all know is Janet Jackson Appreciation Day, naturally. And it brought up, you know, obviously a lot of people on Twitter, on social media, talking about how Justin Timberlake has essentially been the reason for the demise or partial demise of two women's careers um, and never apologized, never took any sort of blame for that. And then he came up with this half-assed apology on Instagram this past week, um, just apologizing to Britney Spears and Jenna Jackson, you know, within the week. Perez Hilton, of course, the king of the too little, too late apologies, you know, apologized as well, uh, among other people. Um, and it's just like, it's so convenient for these people to apologize 15, Perez, 20 years later. Perez did the same thing that this woman from Us Weekly did that really pissed me off that I, this was the tweet that I saw, like, as soon as I finished watching the documentary, which is, you know, oh, I, I feel bad that I played a part in any of this, but you guys all asked for it. It's like, wait, what? You're turning around and blaming the people for asking for it? You no. have you have a bigger responsibility. You can just not run the pictures. You can just not, not buy them. Do you think that perhaps if you didn't buy these paparazzi photos of her for exorbitant amounts of money that these paparazzi would continue to harass her day in and day out? You're part of the system. Do not turn it around back on the people. <laughs> if people want to find it, they'll fucking yeah. find it. But you do not yeah. need to contribute and widely distribute it. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and Justin, Tim- Justin Timberlake's apology, I already told you, he can fucking keep it. It's He's just a little shit. Oh my God. When you just brought up a valid that other point of just like buying these paparazzi photos, and I remember like you know this paparazzi in this in this documentary, and I've seen other ones in interviews in the past, be like, I need to feed my kids, I need to put food on the table, I need to be able to do these things. These celebrities keep me in business, and I'm like, yes, but I'm sure like you having to ruin this person's life by having a camera up in their face at all times is really the hard work that you've done to like put food on. It's just such a fucked up mentality and and vicious cycle that has continued. They're just gaslighting us. They're trying to gaslight us thinking that what they're doing is fucking noble. And I feel like as this dude was talking out loud in this documentary, I'm like, you have to be fucking hearing yourself. You have to hear how fucking dumb you sound. And at first it almost sounded like he got there and then he's like, yeah, but I made a lot of money on those pictures. I'm like, you're a piece of shit and you're going to rot in hell. How about that? Terrible. But I there have been some more interesting developments, too, like with her boyfriend having those comments about how Jamie's a dick, which I thought was, you know, notable. I also don't want to give him too much time because, you know, I don't really know much about him. And so I I don't stand any man (laughs) because they have a way of Uh, suddenly being a creep. So um, I don't put too much weight in that. But. There's also, like you had told me um, before we recorded, that there's a Netflix documentary coming out, and I believe it's Erin Lee Carr, who's she did the I Love You Now Die HBO documentary about yep. the chick who looks like Cara Delevingne. Oh, yeah, Michelle Carter. The, thank you. I couldn't remember her name. And she also did At the Heart of Gold, which was the um, documentary on HBO about the USA Gymnastics team and the scandal. What I've liked about 
Erin Lee Carr's docuseries and documentaries in the past is I think that she is able to shed a good light on uh, cases where the portrayal of the female in those cases was often, you know, made out to look, be a horrible person or, uh, you know, was slut shamed or what have you. And I find that um, I've really enjoyed what she's put out there. So I think that she will, whatever the angle might be in this case, because it sounds like it's going to be not only about her, but uh, Britney Spears, but also chronicling her dad and uh, former business manager, Lou and Taylor's control of her finances. Um, I'll be very interested to see the angle she takes, um, but I, I feel like she will do a good job as well. I mean, I'll watch any documentary I, I about this subject because I do find it, I get why it's fascinating, but I also don't want to add to Britney's troubles. And she does seem, even though she burned down her gym accidentally <laughs> six months ago by lighting too many candles, I, I just want, I want what anybody really wants for Britney Spears. I just want her to be happy. And the documentary really, it, it it's a little bit triggering in some ways, just being reminded of how young women are treated sometimes. And it's just the amount of shit we all have to put up with because of the patriarchy. And I feel like things have changed, especially since even if the apology is fake or insincere or what have you, just having somebody acknowledge that perhaps with how they may have acted negatively affected somebody and maybe they will reflect on that in the future is at least promising. I mean, that's how beaten down I've gotten. It's just like, I guess I will just take any old scrap you'll throw my way, but it does feel like some progress and it's nice to see people finally empathize with her because during her, you know, whatever dark age, if you want to call it that, I just think that she's just a person and she just went through an extremely hard time in public. I mean, I'm really glad that they brought up the fact that they're pretty sure that she had postpartum depression and that's there it happens to people all the time and it's even though it's not in her own words I just think it's important to take that into consideration and the amount of fucking pressure she's under to be an actual superstar is I mean and just inconscionable and just the last 15 years we've gone from that where she you probably you know she may have been going through postpartum depression didn't have the avenue to kind of talk about it because it, it was considered, you know, something people didn't talk about. To 15 years later, we have people like, you know, Chrissy Teigen, who openly speaks about um, her struggles with postpartum depression and other celebrities who have done that. Grant, I mean, obviously, even beyond that, there are just more places for you to go yes, and talk to people yes. or find other people like that. Like I think about Instagram communities that are around what you would like you could like you said um taboo topics or topics that aren't greatly talked about and what a great support system that is and really what strikes me the most about britney in like some of the darkest times is that she just didn't have anybody to turn to that she could trust right and that's i mean yeah that sam lefty character was certainly a character and i just remember feeling like you in danger girl every single time he appeared next to her and i remember thinking You know, when Larry Rudolph came back into the picture, I'm like, okay, well, things it's like, oh, daddy's back. Like, everything will be fine now. But I don't want her to be in a a hell of her own making, not her own making, but a, a hell of a conservatorship if it's actively harming her. So we just want her to be happy and truly just make music and have her dad not fucking have anything to do with it. I think those are easy demands, yeah, especially I, the amount of money that she makes I, everybody all the fucking time. 
I was just about to say, I mean, that's really it. It's like she is a meal ticket for a lot of people. And I just hope for her that she can get to a place where she's making music um, and doing anything she wants with her art on her own terms and just gets to be a mom if that's all she wants to do. Because good God, the woman has fucking earned it after how hard she's worked. Yeah, I just... I mean, these are all court documents, too, though, but I am genuinely surprised that her father, a man that has like a physical restraining order taken out um, to protect his grandkids from him, is still allowed to be like, I just feel like that's like an automatic disqualification, right? Like I've seen people on game shows get eliminated for less. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, why are you here? But yeah, that's the fucked up part of conservatorships that. This, this documentary explains very well. But I do wonder, and not to diminish, you know, the amount of crap that Britney took in the, the media, not to sound like one of those like right wing nut jobs about the media, but I do wonder if we'll get any other sort of recontextualization of like Anna Nicole Smith or Courtney Love or Janet Jackson or Madonna or Whitney. I, 100% I, I wonder think if yes. they'll get. Well, I guess Whitney kind of got that treatment a little bit, but Whitney already. Yeah, I, I'm just curious. Yes. I, I 100% think yes. I, I think so because it's very interesting that this documentary was released. I mean, obviously it aligned it aligned with court case, but also it is you know within the year of the Princess Diana documentary coming out and like the latest season of The Crown mm-hmm. beginning to examine Princess Diana, which is mm-hmm. another case of, I mean, she was, you know, maybe there was a drunk driver, what have you, but let's be honest, the paparazzi basically killed her. Um, and I, I think that we are starting to, to examine the role of media in uh, women's careers, because most of the time it's women um, and and how it plays a part in their success and later in their demise and in their um, and, and portraying them in such ways that can, you know, sometimes lead to some really horrible things happening to them. And in some cases, their deaths. Before we sign up, I do have a something I wanted to bring up that I, it was brought back to my attention that if we wanted to get more into sort of like what it was like to be a pop star in the late 90s and early 2000s and having, you know, the media ask you about your body and your virginity and your relationships, the Jessica Simpson memoir, we should read that and maybe yes. do a mini on that because that apparently is like a really, really good encapsulation kind of, I mean, a different side of a of the same coin of like Britney Spears of like how I mean, her dad talked about her tits in public all the time. Like what? So I right. think that might be a fun her thing to do in the future. Is, yeah. I mean, and her that's value, Jessica Simpson's her open, intact, book. Sorry. open book. Sorry. <laughs> the launching. No, no, no. The beginning of the differentiator that Tommy Matola made very clear about Jessica Simpson was that she was the chaste of the blonde singers. And like in. 1999, you know, no one questioned it or very few people questioned it. Now, 2021, all of us are like, what the actual hell? Like that we're placing all this value in someone's virginity. But yes, I would really, I think that would be a great episode for us to talk about that book because I think it does a very good job uh, talking about that time. Um, Before we sign off, are there any kind of final thoughts that you have, Margot, about the documentary? Um, it's, you know, 75% really good. Um, take the free Britney stuff with a grain of salt, but I think it is really worthwhile watching if you are a pop culture fan, because especially about all of the coverage stuff and how image and media plays into a lot of people's careers, whether we subconsciously or consciously contribute to it. So I would recommend Emily. 
Yeah. I mean, I think much like you, I, there, the free Britney stuff, it's important to take with a grain of salt, but ultimately I think it is one of the better pieces out there that has done a good job kind of sorting out and uh, stringing the narrative of what her career looked like for much of its kind of high points in the beginning. Um, and what led to these horrible uh, situ- circumstances under which she has this conservatorship. And that, I think, is that. We will be coming back on Thursday, March 18th, with our season five premiere, which we are very excited to share with you all. And to keep in touch with us in the meantime, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Audible Podcasts, etc., etc. And you can subscribe there because that's the best way to keep up to date on our latest episodes, like these many episodes you've been hearing. In the meantime, you can also check us out on Instagram and on Facebook at the Old Millennials Pod. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I am at Emily A. Beijen. And I'm at Margs, she wrote. And until next time, we say bye. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.